to a brand new season of Call It In The Ring. Call It In The Ring 2.0, if you will. I am Jordan. I'm joined here with best friend Ryan. How you doing? I'm doing okay. And we have a brand new guest host who you have heard her in an old podcast episode two years ago. We got best friend Ryan's wife, Elise. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You sound excited to be here. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I've been drinking whiskey, having a good time. I'm drinking uh, Kessler. It's smooth as silk. Well, there you, you go. Want, I'm. Do you uh, want to drink com- silk? I don't know. Uh, well, not tonight. I'm being accompanied by a little glass of Moscato. So there we go. I don't even know what Moscato is. I'm not. I'm not hip. <laughs> the wine. Am I oh. the only one not ruining their body? <laughs> I mean, I mean, alcohol is not bad for your body if you do it in moderation, right, Elise? I mean, small quantities, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not drinking the whole bottle, but yeah. I'm also contradicting myself because I'm drinking whiskey <laughs> after working out. Mm, well, at least it's not beer. So, right. There you go. So, um, like I said at the beginning of the show, everybody who was listening, this is the brand new season of Called in the Ring. We're going to do things a little bit different here. With uh, with Ed, it was a bi-weekly show of just random topics that we picked. For this show, the new version is we're going to do this as a once-a-month show where we are going to talk about the most recent pay-per-view that just aired. And tonight, since it is the party of the summer, we're going to talk about SummerSlam, a pay-per-view that I was so excited to talk about. I don't know about Ryan. We're going to go through the matches and we're going to discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, and just kind of go with the flow on that. Are you guys excited for this? Yes. Okay. I'm yeah, excited. no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I don't really have people to talk to wrestling with, so this is it's pretty good. It's going to be pretty nice. I do want to uh, give a little background here just real quick. Um, I know I did an episode a while ago with you and Ed, Jordan, um, but just a refresher. I grew up watching... Uh, the WWF from 96 until about 2005, early 2006. Uh, and then I kind of stopped because I didn't, I didn't enjoy watching the show anymore. It just seemed more of like a hassle. Uh, I felt like something I should do instead of something I wanted to do. Um, and then I got back into it in 2017. I mean, you talked about it and that's kind of what got you back into watching wrestling again. Um, and my wife, uh, Elise, I guess I'll just refer to her as as Elise. Um, so Elise <laughs> uh, watched wrestling because I watched wrestling. She may not necessarily like a lot of the a lot of the stuff on the that she sees. Am I correct in that, Elise? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't like um, all the stuff that I see, but um, it always comforts me to know that it's all scripted. So, okay. But has your has your opinion changed on wrestling since since uh, I started watching again? Yes, I think it has. I think before I just thought it was kind of ridiculous, but um, now I think I enjoy it a little bit more, learning a little bit more about the characters and how they make the show what it is. So, so it's uh we uh we asked Elise to do this show as well because me and Jordan are very well versed in a lot of the history and things that you know go into. Uh, wrestling and, and everything that builds up. We know like the, you know, the lingo and stuff. We are what uh, uh, people call marks. Uh, we would not be that if we, if, if we, you know, we didn't have a show. Um, well, sorry, we have the show. So obviously we are marks, um, but Elise has no background of that. She has no history. Uh, all the stuff that she knows is what she's seen in the past two years. Um, so just, you know, a, a different perspective uh, to the table. Which is what I'm excited for because, you know, Ryan, you and I can sit down and talk about WWE for hours and we're both kind of feeding off each other because of our knowledge. And then we get somebody like Elise here who I'm so excited because this is our first female female voice in the movie guys verse of all the shows that we've done. So I'm excited for that to hear somebody else's opinion about what we're talking about. So Elise, I have my first question for you. Okay. Okay. So back in the day, in the 90s, you had the Monday Night War, and you had WWF had SummerSlam, which was in August, and that was their big summer event, right? The party of the summer. Mm -hmm. 
Well, to counter that, in June, WCW, they had Bash at the Beach, which was their summer big pay-per-view. What title do you like more? I asked my wife this question. That's why I'm asking you. SummerSlam or Bash at the Beach? Which one sounds better? I think I like SummerSlam because if we're talking about wrestling, SummerSlam sounds a little bit more... I don't want to say aggressive, but I guess I'll use that for lack of a better word. Whereas like bash at the beach, that just sounds no offense to anybody who's a fan, but that just sounds a little cute. I mean, that doesn't sound like there's going to be any sort of wrestling, that there's going to be anything that we can really take seriously. Um, That might be kind of harsh, but I personally like SummerSlam better. Bash at the beach sounds like the party of the summer. Yeah. See, that's what I was going to say. I actually like the name bash at the beach because the way they have SummerSlam. I agree with you, Ryan. Okay. Like, especially, especially uh, the other night when, when SummerSlam aired, it was like, this is the party of the summer. And I'm like, it's not. So before the end of the matches, I kind of wanted to give my gripes about SummerSlam. I mean, like, this they consider this to be the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Now, Royal Rumble this year in January was in the Arizona Diamonds a Diamondbacks baseball stadium, huge arena stadium. And then we get WrestleMania, but SummerSlam is just in a small little ring. I mean, shouldn't this be outside? Shouldn't this be advertised as a party? Or am I just asking too much? At least, what do you think? I, I don't think it should be held outside just because... You never, it's just like planning an outdoor wedding. You have no idea how the weather is going to act. Furthermore, I mean, you've got, you know, things like that are outside of your control, like bugs, um, which may not, you know, necessarily bother everybody. Not everybody's like me where they're grossed out by bugs, but it may be distracting. You know, if you have flies coming in your face because you're all sweaty or, um, you know, if you're getting bit by mosquitoes and you can feel it while you're being pinned, I mean, that's, it's distracting. Um, so I, I like that it's, that it's inside. It's also air conditioned for the rest of the fans. Um, I mean, when you think of, but to your point, when you think of things like summer concerts, you know, a lot of those are held outside in rain or shine. Um, well, maybe not in rain, but some of them are held in, in rain or shine, or they have a, a backup if it does rain. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's more fitting to have it inside because, um, it's just more, I think, courtesy to the wrestlers who are getting up there and working their tail off. So why put them in an even hotter, potentially hotter environment, more humid environment? Um, and they're not really used to, I think, wrestling outside. But that might be a, that might not be a totally true statement. I think I, I think I like them wrestling inside for summer. Ryan, what do you say? I mean, if it's if it's one of their big shows of the year. Uh, it's one of those, yeah, go big or go home situations. I don't know why they don't try to fill this one in a, a another stadium type, um, outdoor venue. Cause like the WrestleManias are always, um, they seem to always be outdoors now in football stadiums. Yeah. Cause like next year they're going to be in Tampa, uh, at the, at the Buccaneers football stadium this past season, they were at the MetLife stadium in, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. um, 2017 they were in orlando at the orange bowl and then the year before that they were in the texas uh the dallas cowboys football stadium which is an indoor stadium but that was a brand new big giant complex so it made sense to go there um but i think i mean you you would preferably um want to have a a summer aesthetic to it if it's called summer slam but i don't know if they've ever had an outdoor venue for SummerSlam outside of uh, Wimbledon in 92. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. You know, like they call it the party of the summer. It's supposed to be fun. It's August. Summer's almost coming to an end. Let's party. Let's have fun. Because I had fun with this pay-per-view. Now, we're not going to talk about the pre-shows here for this one. We may in future episodes. But tonight for SummerSlam, we're not going to talk about it. But we're going to talk about Becky Lynch defeating Natalia. Uh, by submission in a submission match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. The match lasted 12 minutes and 35 seconds. Not a big fan of the match, guys, because I feel terrible saying this, but it's like it's another Becky Lynch match. Like, 
Like she's becoming Ronda Rousey now, right? I mean, she's just she's not going to lose. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it. I mean, I I respect that. Um, I, I think Becky Lynch has had had a, a had it a long time coming because um, she's always been a very, in my opinion, um, a very good wrestler, um, and she was for so long kind of um, undermined and not given a chance. And now she has this chance. And you know, mind you, let's be real, she's not going to reign forever. At some point, she's going to lose her title because that's just how it goes. Um, so, I mean, I can understand some people might think it's kind of obnoxious because she's like winning all the time. Um, but in the same respect, like, I don't know, I feel like she deserves this. Um, she, like I say, she didn't have any sort of real attention up <clears throat> till now. Um, and so now that she's been able to reign in her her moment of, of glory, um, I think eventually you know, soon she's going to lose it and we're going to have another champion. Um, but I don't know. I, I really like her. I'm very biased. I'm probably not the best person to ask that question to. Well, that's why I was asking you, because this is just us just talking like, like, yeah. do, did this seem like just a regular Becky Lynch match? Like there was no flair. There was no pizzazz. It didn't, it wasn't like the matches of her and Charlotte in a, in a, in a TLC match that they had last year or just a ladder match. Like, like that match is one of my favorite matches, right guys? Remember that match? Like, like, like late last year when it was her yeah, and Charlotte, like in a ladder match. Was it evolution? Yeah. I think I kind of remember that, that. That match was brilliant. It's one of my favorite matches of, of all time. And it's like, now it's just song and dance. You know what I mean? Now there's nothing or, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys think I'm overreacting on that? Well, I think that part part of it has to do with how they book Becky Lynch. Now, uh, the, the big comparison coming out of WrestleMania or even going into WrestleMania was just Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, again, that's lofty. A lot of people have, you know, oh, the next Stone Cold, next Hulk Hogan, next, you know, what big wrestling figure, whatever. Uh, but I think a lot of... I don't want to say like the steam has come off her because she's still when she still enters uh, uh, when her music come is played and she's coming down the ramp. The crowds still go crazy. She still has some of the uh, most popular signing events and things like that. Um, but just how they're booking her, uh, she comes off this big win where she main events WrestleMania. She so she's the headliner, first woman to do that. She beats Charlotte Flair, who a lot of people believe is like the uh, heir apparent to her father who's going to be pushed to the moon regardless of whatever the situation is um, who a lot of people felt was wedged into that match she beat ronda rousey who was at the at that point the the biggest mainstream person they have on the roster and who who, who do they have refuting with coming out of of that you know quote historic moment is lacey evans a uh someone who was brought up from nxt who not a lot of people or even aware of or know of. And she just, they did nothing for Lacey Evans to distinguish her really from the Charlotte Flair clone that, you know, they had Becky Lynch describe her as. And they had her just feud with her for two months. And then they joined her up with Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin to finish that feud. And then they just push her, segue her into about with Natalia, which again, Natalia is a fine wrestler she's a good entering competitor she's just kind of vanilla and boring you know so they're not really doing much for becky to help her along the way because like stone cold steve austin when he when he won that title who did he feud with rock triple h well he feuded with vince mcmahon coming out of it he feuded with vince mcmahon oh that okay vince mcmahon that's that is what basically solidified stone cold steve austin as the guy you know and they're not they're not really attempting to do that with becky lynch so i'm not going to put this this match sort of being because i didn't think it was boring it just again like i you know i agree with part of what you said jordan how it wasn't a barn burner you know it's not this um epic encounter there are there are really good moments in it but then there's also some stuff that kind of drug along uh like there was a sequence where they were doing each other's finishers sharpshooter into the disarmor that was nice 
the sharpshooter on the uh, around the ring post was pretty cool. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall it's okay match, but I don't put any of that fault on Becky or Natalia. No, I, I I go on the booking on it. I just I just want them to do something new. But I feel like the company is changing now that Eric Bischoff's in charge of SmackDown and Paul Heyman's in charge of Raw. I can feel this different energy when I watched this pay per view. It, it didn't. Yes, it was predictable because the people that I wanted to win for the most part won. Had a good idea, but it just it just seemed like the wrestlers were more alive. It seemed like they didn't work going through their motions in this pay-per-view. I don't know if you guys agree with me on that one, but it just felt different. Or maybe I'm overreacting. I I could not tell and that's probably just because you guys have more history um in this show. Um but I I I couldn't tell. <laughs> Okay. Well, the next match, we have Goldberg defeating Dolph Ziggler in a minute, 50 seconds. I don't care what any of you say. Goldberg is still amazing to me. He always was when I first saw him when I was a kid in 97, 98. Um, He always does squash matches at a a minute 50. What do you guys think of this one? Was this one fun? Was this obnoxious? Uh, What do you guys feel about this one? I think this was so obnoxious. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Randy. Go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I think this one was so obnoxious. <laughs> like, so Goldberg, on, Goldberg, he he comes in and he beats Dolph Ziggler with no question, no question. Dolph Ziggler Standard. is on, huh? She doesn't know Goldberg. She doesn't know who he is or what his history is. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Well, yeah, What did you Goldberg call him at done. dinner? Elias, what did you Nothing. call Goldberg at Nothing. dinner? So um, we uh, we see um, now you make me want to say it. We see Goldberg uh, defeat Dolph Ziggler. I mean, no questions asked, right? And Dolph continues to get on the mic and say, you know, basically come back. You know, I, I bet you can't get me a second time. And he has like two or three more times. And I mean, at one point I was just kind of rolling my eyes. Like you're just being a glutton for punishment. Like he's already embarrassed you. You're not like winning over the crowd and getting more fans because you're asking Goldberg to come back. Like you're just humiliating yourself. And maybe that was the whole intention. Um, But I don't know. At some point I was like, all right, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's see something else. So I, I don't know. I felt like it was obnoxious, but again, I, very little historical background what did you think ryan i think i mean the match is what it is it's a goldberg match uh you know for the most part what you're getting going into it this is his i guess redemption from the uh super showdown debacle with the undertaker i actually enjoyed the bit with dolph ziggler i don't know where it's going um what they plan on doing with it but it has me interested in dolph ziggler which is the Mm -hmm. point of doing it um because i think it would be hysterical if they used this to sort of do a face turn to make him into a good guy because that just to me seems just ridiculous but if he does it enough you're eventually gonna like start liking the guy well they need to do something because you've said it i've said it i'm a big advocate for uh Dolph Ziggler is this generation's Shawn Michaels. I mean, this guy looks like him. He dresses like him. His fucking finishing move is the same as Shawn Michaels with the super kick or sweet chin music for Shawn Michaels. So I just, I was, I just want Dolph Ziggler to be as popular as Seth Rollins, and I just don't think it's ever gonna happen, and it's frustrating. Well, that's part of the build into this match. Was he, he talked about the legends need to go away, and um, Shawn Michaels tore into him about being a um, Shawn Michaels uh, wannabe his whole Mm -hmm. career. And the thing is that uh, putting Dolph as one of the top guys that is past. That's like, um, you know, watch getting caught up on all the stuff that I missed in that decade. I stopped watching, Um, you know, his popularity peaked five years ago. Oh, uh, really? Okay. At Survivor Series. And he's just kind of a guy now that can be trusted to, put on good matches because he can sell really well, especially like the spears he was he was taken from Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um it looked like looked like some damage was being done. And he's just uh he's what what do they call it? Uh he's a good hand 
he's someone you can trust to go out for 10 minutes and put on a, a, a match that will entertain the crowd. And even though he loses, it doesn't really affect his standing because he's already in the perception of the audience, a middle of the road guy. Which sucks because I've always, I've, I've always liked him. Uh, AJ Styles, who was the champion coming in as the United States champion, defeats Ricochet uh, at 13 minutes even. Um, I know Ryan's going to probably disagree with me. I don't know about you, Elise, but I am really over AJ Styles. I kind of wish Ricochet won this one so he could become the United States champion again. Are you over AJ Styles, Elise? Because I'm over him. I'm kind of like <laughs> I I do like AJ Styles, but yeah, I I don't know. And this might be kind of silly. I think Ricochet's entrance is really quite cool. Um, and he's shown and he's demonstrated that, I mean, he's a pretty good wrestler in the ring. Um, and I think I, I wish he would have won as well. Um, I know AJ has kind of been, he's always, you know, going to be one of those top wrestlers that we think of. But I mean, I, I think Ricochet should have had his moment to to shine. And, and I think he should have won. I agree. Uh, Elise. No, that's right. Yeah. Elise. So have you yeah. noticed... Um, a difference in AJ now that he's uh, a, a bad guy. He's a heel now. You know, is I don't he know. Considered if I... a heel? Is he considered a heel? Yeah, he's a he's a bad guy. He's not a a tweener or a face or anything. He's because he's he beat down Ricochet for no reason, and that's like okay. automatic bad guy status. Fair enough. All right, Lee. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I um I don't know if I've paid enough attention to notice a difference between him being a, a baby baby face versus a heel um so i don't know <laughs> i i just the reason i'm kind of over aj styles is because when i got back into wrestling you know because ryan was talking to me about it, we got back into it you know when i first saw aj styles i was like oh i remember that guy from you know wcw and everybody's just just kind of sucking his dick and i'm just kind of getting sick of it and I guess the reason why I didn't notice that it was a heel turn is because that's how he's always seemed to me. Just this guy that's like, yeah, everybody calls me the best in the world. Here's my penis. You know, I, yeah. I just, I, you know, that's kind of how it just, how he comes across to me. And I think Ricochet and AJ Styles, if they keep working at it, will have some good matches. But they got to add something to it, like a hell in a cell or a ladder match. If those two do a ladder match for the United States Championship, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be that would be really entertaining yeah. uh, to see. I mean, like that'd be great. I think I think the issue um, is like I don't really have uh, I don't really have any problem with AJ Styles being the bad guy. I think it's great that it, it seems like they're attempting to to harken back to the attitude era because that's always held up as like the greatest time uh in modern wrestling sure and the fact that they're they're trying to build up groups you know they got they're they're trying to build up trios and and factions and things like that and it's not going to happen overnight but you know now you have the oc with aj by the way i'm sorry to interrupt you huh what's i'm sorry to interrupt you now shut up gene and i were watching raw what does the oc stand for um the original club because you have in New Japan, you have the Bullet Club, which all three of those guys are members yeah. of. Um, and Finn Balor, Finn Balor too. was a fem- was a member of that, and it's still going on over in New Japan. Um, but Balor Club, uh, BC Balor Club, Bullet Club, and then they used to have OG Club way back when it was just um, Gallows and Anderson, and and then when. 2016 when AJ first got in and he was and he got turned into a bad guy to uh, to feud with Roman Reigns and he had Gals Anderson as backup they were um the club so now it's the OC the original club original club okay thank you cuz Gina was like is it is it OG for gangsters that doesn't make sense so anyway okay go ahead yeah and uh, so like i think it's good cuz you'll have you have the OC um, and then they've they've already you know had some interactions with the new day, um, and I don't know how it's not going to turn into like an actual thing. But on this that past Raw um, after SummerSlam, they had um, Braun Strowman come out to save 
um, Ricochet and Seth Rollins from the OC. So like they're gonna they're trying to build up, and I think it's gonna be I think it's good because they're and they brought back the King of the Ring, so they're they're doing their best to give people things to do, you know, instead of just it's because of Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. That's why. Yeah, but like I think that is a benefit. Then this match, I'm not I wasn't a huge fan of. Like I like that it told a story, and I've I, I've I've read online, I've heard people say that it's kind of dumb to take away, um one of the legs from ricochet because his appeal is that he's this daredevil high flyer that does does all this crazy shit but i think that aj styles is a heel you portray him as a smart guy he's gonna take away his opponent's best weapon but you you still had ricochet doing the creative jumps off the rope and stuff and he was still getting his stuff in i really like the finish too it kind of came abruptly as it seemed like the match was taken off because he was like, he would, you were just getting the interference from Gallows and Anderson and Ricochet goes to do like the senton off the top rope and he gets caught into a power bomb, which gets turned into the styles clash. I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, I think overall good match. Not great. Bailey defeats Ember moon and retains her WWE SmackDown women's championship at a 10 minute match. She finishes, she finishes the match with a Bailey to belly on the top rope. I have always been a Bailey fan. I love Bailey. Nobody will ever change my mind. Fuck you is the thing. Bailey's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm she's a, I'm conflicted when it comes people. to this. I know. There's no way you can hate a hugger. Um I'm conflicted. I feel like they're both pretty good um pretty good wrestlers. I think Bailey you know, is another one of those um, wrestlers who in the past has just always been kind of an underdog. The WWE hasn't always given her what she's due, kind of like Becky Lynch. But, um, you know, here lately, it seems like she's kind of been coming on top, which is which is very cool. But Ember Moon's got some um, some neat qualities to her. So I I think I was conflicted as far as which one I wanted to to win. Um, But yeah, it was it was a good match. It was a really good match. I I love the name Ember Moon. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. Ryan, what about you, man? Do you like the match? Are you much of a Bailey fan as me? Because I'm a hugger, and I know you are. I mean, I'm not. I'm not too high into Bailey. Uh, I think she's a very good wrestler. I think she's a very good wrestler, but I don't think they give her enough to do to uh, on the character side of things. Like just like Ember Moon, uh, she's a very good wrestler, but they don't really give her a whole lot on the in the character development. Yeah, cause like, can you guys tell me what Ember Moon's character is? She is a werewolf. Are you sure? I mean, that's just me because Moon, and she has red eyes. They call her Sheenom, but like, that's I mean, that's all we get from it. it cause uh, I don't even know. I now, granted, I haven't been able to watch consistently the SmackDown and Raws leading up to this, so I don't know if she's had promo time to to do anything of note but i i couldn't tell you what like i can tell you what bailey's character is she's she is a fan she's a wrestling fan who became a wrestler and and um she she wants to be nice to people but recently she's starting to get to that point where she has she she needs to stand up for herself and that's what she's doing but ember moon on the other hand i don't i don't know what she's done i can't tell you what her character is I knew what I missed though. I missed my, uh, you know, I feel terrible because I call her my girl, but I, I don't remember her name. Blue Tongue. Oh, Liv Morgan. Oh my God, Liv. <laughs> well, she's gonna come back to SmackDown, and when she does, she's gonna be real. I just, oh God, Liv. I don't know what you're talking about because she lost to who she lose to that night when she said she's Charlotte. gonna come. Charlotte, yeah, Liv Morgan is my girl. I, I love Liv. Um, God damn it, Elise. Yeah, yeah. Liv Morgan is the blonde lady in the Riot Squad with the blue tongue. Oh, okay. I always Barbie doll. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like Barbie doll, or I she always reminds me of like Baby Spice. No, she's like Harley Quinn. She's like, she has that blue tongue. She bounces a lot. She's definitely crazy. You know, funky. She's fine. 
I don't know. I think um, Harley Quinn could beat her up, but that's just me. Shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> the match that I was really looking forward to for the night was Kevin Owens going against Shane McMahon. And if Kevin Owens lost, he would have to quit the WWE. Uh, Shane McMahon comes out and says, guess what? Fuck you. I'm Shane McMahon. So here comes Elias. Why is Elias here? Everybody's Elias. I don't care. And he is now the special guest enforcer. Kevin Owens is not going to win the match, but of course, Kevin Owens wins the match. He does not quit the WWE. I feel they are trying to book Kevin Owens as the new Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why? Because he has the Stone Cold Steve Austin stunner and he's feuding with a McMahon. Call me crazy. I know. I think that's what they're trying to do. I don't know. I am I am just so glad that Vince McMahon, or excuse me, that um, Shane McMahon um, finally lost. I mean, like this whole, and I, I've kind of got my own theory behind it as well, and it's probably dark, and I'm sorry if any of you are Shane McMahon fans, but um, – this is a guy who is the son of the owner of WWE, WWE and he just gets all this special treatment. And then, you know, he has the, the announcers call him the best in the world. And yeah, I've just been waiting for somebody to shut this guy up. I mean, he is so aggravating. Every time he gets in that ring, he can't wrestle worth the damn. Like, I'm pretty sure... I have had no wrestling experience and I could probably wrestle better than he can. Like it's, it's oh. almost pathetic to watch. I mean, it, it really is. And he, and he, he's clearly not as skilled as some of their best wrestling. It's, it's so, it's so evident. And, um, you know, and then they brought Elias out. I really, I, you know, I kind of liked Elias and then it was just, I don't know. In my head, I thought the only reason they're bringing out a big, guy like Elias is because Shane McMahon can't fight. So if if Shane McMahon needs a sudden distraction or something, that's why Elias is there to help distract Kevin Owens. Um because again, I don't think he can fight. But um so I was thrilled that uh Kevin Owens won because I was just gonna be so livid if Shane McMahon won. He just he does not just because he is the son of Vince McMahon does not mean he suddenly gets, you know, titled to all these special treatments. And he was, he was just driving me crazy. I mean, so I, I was very thrilled with how this match turned out. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I already know what you're going to say. Go ahead, buddy. Well, what am I going to say? I feel like you're going to say, well, that's the point. That's the storyline, at least. Oh, well, no, that's, that's totally fine. Like, you know, you don't want Kevin Owens to lose, but uh, I mean, they continued the feud after on SmackDown, so he might as well have lost. It would have been, you know, served the same purpose in the sure. end. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I was looking forward to this match too, because it was, I mean, out of everything on the card outside of the Bray Wyatt Finn Balor, this is really the only match that intrigued me mm-hmm. going in because, as Elise said, they always have Shane McMahon win. And the thing that surprised me was how like how much offense they actually let Kevin Owens have against Shane McMahon because they did not do that with Roman Reigns at Super no. Showdown. Like Roman Reigns had to sell and make Shane McMahon look like a tough guy, and they did not once do that in this match against Kevin Owens. And that's very I find that odd and fascinating. Because they're still they're still trying to push Roman Reigns as the guy. He like so, a SmackDown revolves around this whole who who attempted to kill Roman storyline, um, but they're they're doing what they should have done with Roman Reigns with Kevin Owens. No, I I agree, and and, and I'm excited because I, I love Kevin Owens. I've always liked Kevin Owens, and I think they really are trying to bill him as the new Stone Cold. I mean, you guys haven't commented on that that I said earlier, but he has the Stone Cold Stunner, and he's feuding with a McMahon. You guys don't see that he's trying to build him as the new Stone Cold. You guys don't agree with that? No, I agree. I agree. It's, I mean, it's it's evident with the two with the examples you gave. It's just the thing that, that fascinates me is like they're. This seems to me. I don't want to say that they're giving up on their big like Roman Reigns is always in the top matches, always at you know at the at the top storylines and things like that. But it's good that they're shifting away because the crowd, when Roman Reigns came back from his um, 
treatments, his cancer treatments, they they, they kind of shoved him back in and they kind of made him seem like this unstoppable force because I don't think he's lost a big match since he got back. Uh, but they're kind of pushing him to the side now and in favor of Kevin Owens because the fans are, are reacting more to Kevin Owens than they than they have to Roman Reigns since he came back. And I think that's right. good. I think that's that's very good that what they're doing with Kevin Owens shows at least a willingness to change things. Well, a match that I was not interested in at all was Charlotte Flair, who defeats Trish Stratus by the figure four lock at 16 minutes and 40 seconds. Just five seconds shy of being the longest match of the night. I can't believe I'm saying that because I didn't think Trish had it in her. So let me say my piece very quickly. I was upset because, like, Trish it, Trish was never a great wrestler back in the day, but she did do some awesome things to pave the way for women and wrestling. However, though, I don't think she can go against Charlotte Flair for a very long time. This is going to be another Goldberg squash. And... The first, like, five minutes, it felt that way. But then they kept going and going and going. And I felt myself just so into this match. Were you guys into this match just as much as I was later as it went on? Or you guys were sick of it? This was the match of the night for me. Wow, the match of the night. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow, it oh, yeah. I definitely didn't think that. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of pulling for Trish. Um, Charlotte Flair, again, seems to be that that other wrestler that, you know, just earns the spotlight because she was just born into it. I mean, she was just born into the family of wrestling. Um, so I was kind of hoping that Trish would would win, um, but she did not, unfortunately. Um, but I thought that it was it was still a pretty good match. They seemed to, I think, put on a pretty good show between the two of them. But yeah, I was... I was I was disappointed. I was kind of wishing what, uh, that Trish would come through. That was interesting that you said that because because Ryan says it's this match. So I'm really curious here what Ryan has to say about yeah. how this is his match. No, it's 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 basically what what Jordan said. How it kind of it, it meanders along for the first I would say five minutes of the match when they're getting things going, and then like that last what eleven minutes or so is just. Like I, I did not expect it. I did not expect yeah. to to like them to do what they did. Where she, you know, Trish Stratus is taking these bumps. Looks like they hurt, you know. And and Charlotte is selling like crazy for. Her. And that I, on paper and looking at them side by side, I would not believe Trish Stratus could actually, uh, be in a like could actually fight. They could actually yeah. beat up Charlotte but they did what they're supposed to. And they told a story and I bought in. And I believe it for a second. I thought they were going to have Trish Stratus win. Uh, it would have been the, it would have been the wrong decision booking wise, but I thought they were going to do it at certain points. And it, yeah. yeah. And then she had her do um, Charlotte Flair's move against her. I don't know why I liked it. At least I agree with you. I don't feel it's the match of the night, but it was just that story that told that Ryan said, that's like mm. really good. It was like, it was like, okay, come on. I mean, like this Trish hasn't wrestled in a while. You know, there's the Charlotte Flair. Say what you will about her, but she is on her, she's in her fucking prime. Mm. Like, come on, it's gonna yeah. be a squash. You know what I mean? She's just gonna, she's just gonna hurt her. Right. And out of nowhere, Trish is like, no, I have these lady balls here, and I'm gonna kick <laughs> your ass. There you go. And I was so happy for it. Hmm. Now, with no, no frame of reference, Elise. What? With no frame of reference, because you don't know who Trish Stratus is outside of this match. I mean, um, would you? I know that she's not typically like she's not somebody that's typically around that much. I know she was a new face, that's for sure. Go ahead. Okay, from what you saw in this match, do you believe that she is one of the best women's competitors that WWE has seen? I would say so. Okay, because that's how that's how they like to. That's one of the labels they like to put on her is the, like the one of the the best divas they've ever had. But in would reality, no, because in reality, yeah. she was in her bra and panties, walking on all fours, barking like a dog for Vince McMahon because she was fucking Vince McMahon on the side in a storyline. 
she oh, granted she, that was near the beginning of her tenure yeah the beginning Trish Stratus was the slut and at the last few years she started to say you know what I'm more than just tits and ass and I'm going to put on some interesting matches but in my opinion they were never great Ryan I kind of I feel like you're in my corner on this one. Oh yeah, most but of them could... wrestling in that era was not very good. No, but they it was, also it was weren't not... asked. They were also weren't asked to be wrestlers. They were asked to be hot and learn a couple moves. True. Yeah. So I mean, like that's what I think Trish Stratus was, and I think something about her was just like, no, I have more to give because you also had somebody to go off of. Her rock to her stone cold, if you will. She had Lita, and and Lita was a very ricochet kind of character, you know, at least like very aerobatic. She was always mm-hmm. jumping around, and those two had some good matches over over the course of a of a of a of a year or two. So, mm-hmm. um, also you had Mickey James and blah, blah blah. But all right, let's get towards the end of the show here. We had Kofi Kingston, uh, who goes against Randy Orton in a match that I had no interest in at all. Uh, it ended in a double countout, so Kofi Kingston uh, retains his WWE Championship at 16 minutes and 45 seconds. It is the longest match of the night. Just like Becky, am I the only one? Are you guys over Kofi? I I feel it. I, um, I'm starting to feel a little burnt out from him. I mean, I think it's great that, again, he's been able to kind of reign for a while. Because um, I think, you know, after he got his title, there were um, a couple of matches after that where I think Ryan and I thought, you know, is WWE just going to take it away? He just got this. He's really a, hasn't had it for very long. But now I'm starting to think, you know, it, his time of reign is going to be ending here soon. Um, so, I mean, I think it's good for him, but um, but yeah, I think I think I am kind of kind of over it. It's like okay, you know, we know you're good. We know you've been the champion for a while, um, but it's it's time to to move on. Yeah, because like when I first got back into wrestling, when Ryan got me back into it, the WWE champion was uh, oh god, who's that fucking guy, Ryan, that I hate, Jinder Mahal. He's, yeah, thank you. He's not even in the show anymore. Um, he's not. That's a good point. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's running after R-Truth for the 24-7 title, which is the worst title in the history of wrestling. But you are incorrect, sir. What's worse than that? Well, it's not a bad... Like, it doesn't look very good, the title itself, but it's actually one of the more entertaining things that they've had on their programming in the one past few years, not- at least since I started watching again not entertaining it's very annoying very stupid and very groany like i'm like i guess anyway better perspective i guess i mean i don't know i just i don't find it fun but my whole point about gender mahal was when i first got back into wrestling gender mahal was the wwe champion and he was a bad guy and i like it when legitimate bad guys not like Stone Cold or like the Rock bad guys, you know, that are faces and heels in a way, like baby faces and heels, but like a like legit bad guy, you know, like uh, like uh, Daniel Bryan is a great bad guy champion because you want him to lose so fucking bad every pay per view, so you're that is your seat. Kofi Kingston, he, he he's he's going against Randy Orton. They tried to go back into their archive footage and be like, oh hey, guess what? These guys wrestled against each other like nine years ago let's just put this in here and it's like Randy Orton's not gonna win so why why it just it's it was it was nonsense to me to have them wrestle nonsense you have to create a storyline and the thing uh, they've been doing is they don't build for the future they build for the now so like a lot of the storylines like they did it with Samoa Joe where he just attacked Kofi, you know, three weeks before the pay-per-view. And that was their storyline. Dolph Ziggler came out and said, it should have been me two weeks before their match. And that was their storyline. And they, they rushed this one to, to get a match together 
on SummerSlam. And then obviously you want to have a, a sort of high profile wrestler in that title match for a big pay-per-view. It's like they had Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. This one, they're going to have Randy Orton because Kofi Kingston may not be that top, that top guy, you know, that big name that's, you know, been a top guy for a while. So I can understand why they picked Randy Orton. I think um, if they have Randy Orton beat Kofi Kingston for the title, that I personally think that would be a big mistake because I think with Kofi Kingston and the fact that he is super beloved by the audience, I don't think a lot of people are burnt out on Kofi Kingston. I'm not burnt out on Kofi Kingston being champion. I think he could conceivably go until uh, even the Royal Rumble before he loses the title. But they could use this as an opportunity to build someone up as the top heel uh, of SmackDown, like the big, big bad you have to beat. I think it's going to be Brock Lesnar. Um, It's going to suck that they're going to do that. What they could use Drew McIntyre in that place and make him actually seem like the quote Scottish psychopath as they label him. God damn it, you just blew my fucking mind, Ryan. You're right. Brock Lesnar's going to go to SmackDown in October, isn't he? Yep. Is that actually No, well, he's going to be on SmackDown for their first episode on Fox. That's confirmed. My theory is what they're going to do is they're going to move him to SmackDown, and their big thing on the first episode is he's probably going to beat Kofi Kingston for the championship, and then he'll go into um, Survivor Series champion versus champion where they get the blow off match against Seth Rollins where no titles, oh. aren't, titles aren't on the line and they can use that as like the end of the rivalry match to where it doesn't really oh, affect any outcome right. that's stupid they're gonna do this they might they, they might not that's just what I feel oh. you're so right that's gonna happen fuck Okay, next match is the match, maybe not the match of the night, but the entrance of the night, The Fiend, terrible name, versus Finn Balor. The entrance was longer than the match at three minutes and 20-some seconds. What do we feel of The Fiend? I mean, this entrance is all over social media. People are saying this is the greatest thing. So, Elise... When uh, when we were watching it, what were the what were the words you used to describe what you saw? I'm going to have nightmares. <laughs> I mean, I literally said that out loud. He legitimately scared the shit out of me. I mean, he oh man, he looked very very scary. Um, and I I I kind of thought this was the match of the night. Well, see, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this was the match of the night or the very last one, but um, this was very, very cool. I thought his entrance was uh, pretty stellar and the lamp, the lantern that he's holding and it used to, you know, it's the, the head of, you know, the wrestler that, you, you know, used to be the old Bray Wyatt. Um, I mean, it, oh man, it kind of made my skin crawl. Um, but so I, I thought him coming back, like this was pretty cool. Um, I kind of tipped my hat to him because he had to wrestle in that mask. Um, I imagine that was probably not one of his favorite things to do, but he sold it pretty well. And he even did certain characteristics like Bray Wyatt. When he goes in the corner, he flips upside down and is, you know, hit so that his hands are on, you know, the mat and his head is kind of upside down. I mean, he still did some of those characteristic things. I thought that was neat, but um, I will say, I will say, Finn Balor has shown on more than one occasion that he can fight and he can fight well. So suddenly this big scary guy comes out and like suddenly he forgets to fight. Come on. Like that to me almost, I get Bray Wyatt is coming back after not wrestling for a while, which by the way, what's with this blues clues show? So weird. So cheesy. It needs to stop. It's so weird. Like every single time I watch it, I just roll my eyes, but like this and this entrance and who he's become like that is cool. And nowhere do I see this in like this children, this dark children's show that he does anyway. So 
you know, Finn Balor sees this guy and he's just afraid. And then he's just like, he forgets how to wrestle. I mean, I get it. He's, you know, the WWE is trying to show you that Finn is scared of the fiend. And I get that. But like in the same respect, I don't know, it kind of put Finn Balor in a bad light. I mean, he kind of just stomped. I don't want to say stomped all over with Finn Balor, but Finn Balor became, you know, somebody who had a title or somebody who had a, a reputation to suddenly somebody who's just needed to further a storyline. It was, it was kind of disheartening to see. Um, but I did think this was really cool. What's going to happen in real life is Finn Balor is going to be gone for a little while. I mean, that's already been confirmed. I was reading up on the reserve on the observer and, and, and other wrestling stuff online. Finn's done. That's what I was reading. I don't like that. Um, what they should do, what they're building up for, what they should give us as a big pay-per-view event is The Fiend versus The Demon. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be really cool. And we actually happen. didn't know if he was going to come out as The Demon or not because we knew he was going to, that you know, Bray Wyatt was going to be different. Well, that's the thing, though, is, is, that, is that that wouldn't have been a good storyline. Half Finn... The man who can do extraordinary uh, things, whatever, extraordinary things, sorry. And then, you know, the demon part, right? Have this man be absolutely terrified, get his ass kicked, let him go away for a few months, and let him come back as the demon versus, you know, the fiend. And this could be the demon's first loss. Ryan, you haven't spoke. What do you feel about this match? Uh, it's, yeah, not the entrance was really uh, badass. I don't throw that word around lightly. <laughs> um, the match itself, uh, I wish it was more of a, a quick squash match than what we actually got. Uh, mm -hmm. I also do wish it was the demon um, because I think that's <laughs> that would be... Because going to Elise's point... You could see the, the, the point of this was to elevate Bray Wyatt uh up to a lofty status with his demolition of finn balor but if uh but elise is saying that in her eyes it didn't raise finn balor it didn't raise bray wyatt it lowered finn balor so it did to her for her it did the opposite of what it was supposed to do but i think if he would have come in and he would have beaten not not squeaked out a victory but like beaten the demon i think it would have done a lot more now, granted, they didn't have enough buildup for that, and if they would, if they have a Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell, that would probably be more epic, uh, like a more epic encounter. But the match itself was kind of so-so eh, uh, in terms of how things were booked. The the neck breaker, I don't know what you call it, the, where he twists his neck. Oh yeah, that thing, yeah. That should have been near the like he should have done that after the match. After he put the mandible claw in, made him pass out. Whereas Finn is groggily coming to, he could have snuck back into the ring and twisted his neck, and like you know they would have had to have carried him out or something like that. But it just seemed that was weird. That was just a Why weird thing. Claw. I mean that's just a that that's that's that 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 that's so stupid that only mankind or McFoley could do it. Well, he kind of well, he did it to McFoley on the reunion episode. So it's kind of like a passing of the torch. And it's sort of like a, I don't say like a callback or something, but it's giving him the mandible claw is sort of an allusion to the origins of the mankind character. Cause mankind was supposed to be like this basement dwelling monster, uh, you know, of the shadows and like that, uh, the mandible claw McFoley explained on the pre-show is supposed to be, like a paralysis thing. So it's supposed to strike even more fear into your opponent as they pass out. They know they can't do anything about it. It's just two fingers going in your mouth. How that makes you pass out is beyond me. Mick Foley <laughs> says that it's the two. So it's your middle finger and your ring finger. And they're pressing down under the tongue. And then with your thumb, you're pressing up under their chin and there's some sort of nerve there. Whether this is true or not, that's how it's described in, in, in kayfabe storyline. This is how it's supposed to work. And it pinches a nerve, and it causes enough pain where it kind of paralyzes you uh, to where you can't really do anything. You may not be like paralysis, you know, your legs stop working, but so much pain that you can't really, you know, move 
to to stop it and then it'll eventually suffocate you so you'll pass out i just did it while you were talking and my chin just hurts i'm fine well yeah (laughs) well you're not a trained professional jordan you're not doing it properly what the fuck ever all right seth (laughs) don't try this at home yeah the, yes. the main event again since Wrestle Fucking Mania. We get Seth Rollins against Brock Lesnar, a match that we knew that Seth Rollins was going to win. His ribs were injured. Yeah, just like Becky Lynch's fucking knee was injured, right? Uh, I am so fucking sick and tired of Brock Lesnar. Will somebody just please get him out? I hate Brock Lesnar. This guy's annoying as shit. He's fat. He's no longer fat. Uh, He can't speak. That's why he has Paul Heyman. He's red when he gets all irritated and it's funny. And all he can do is throw German suplexes. That's it. Fuck this guy. And it's funny because even though he literally says absolutely nothing that you're describing how annoying he is, I just think that's comical. Like that, I feel like that in and of itself should, you know, receive some sort of reward, you know, like you are one of the most annoying wrestlers ever. And every time you come out, you don't have to say a thing and you annoy the shit out of absolutely everybody. I love, um, oh gosh, what is his, um, what's his talker's name? Paul Heyman. He's the guy that's he is so good. Okay, so yes, like I am also getting burned out on Brock on uh, excuse me, Brock Lesnar. And I and I am kind of glad that Seth Rollins beat him because somebody needs to shut him up. But like, oh that he, that man just speaks so well. Like if you ever listen to the techniques that he uses to talk and to, you know, make his point, like it always puts me this sounds so cheesy it always puts me in awe just listening to like how he portrays his point and describes Brock Lesnar it's awesome I think it's fantastic but um to your point I agree Brock Lesnar is like he's this other big wrestler that like nobody can defeat and it gets to it just gets to be so obnoxious like nobody is that good nobody is so even Asuka lost and that woman did not lose for the longest time. Like nobody is bulletproof. Yet Brock Lesnar, like anytime somebody comes up to him, he'll, I mean, he'll beat a motherfucker. Like he'll just, he'll put him away. He will win. And it's annoying. Um, So I was really glad that Seth Rollins won. However, how he won uh, is, is mind boggling just because, you know, to your point, he came out and he had this this band across his ribs, which is supposed to do what? I'm not really sure. When you break your ribs, you can't exactly put a cast over it. Um, they have to heal on their own. Um, and then at one point, Brock Lesnar takes him by the band and just throws him around. I mean, it was just, it was a little ridiculous. But I mean, I like the, the underdog becoming a hero. It's just, I don't think it was very well done. All right, now we're going to give Ryan a chance here to talk about how wonderful Brock Lesnar is. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> well, I mean, he is the greatest wrestler to ever exist when we're Forget talking you. about charisma and skill in the ring. Good grief. You're, you are, you're, you're not even speaking truth. You're speaking lies. I mean, and I'm dead serious. I know I'm you speaking, don't like him. I'm speaking in alternate facts, sir. Goodness. Do you know um, No, so, yeah, I... I I don't really care about Brock Lesnar. I th- you know, it, he's I think when he's interested uh in a in, in a match, he does very well. He always puts on entertaining matches when he cares to. Um there's just a lot of stuff where he kind of phones it in. And I yeah, the match this match I liked it, but it didn't really do anything for me cuz I I knew Seth Rollins was going to win. The The intrigue was how was he going to win? I am surprised they gave him the clean victory where it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty finite. Like Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar and that's that, you know? Yeah, there were no, no shenanigans no, no involved. Yeah. But I mean, you're the, right. The, the best, I think the best thing about this match was how when it started, the audience was pretty disinterested as well. But as the match progressed and, got you know ramped up further and further the audience really bought into what was happening and when 
um, Seth Rollins won the match. They, I'm not saying they blew the roof off the joint, but they, you know, they were ecstatic that the good guy won. And that's, you know, that's impressive in and of itself. Um, but I, I don't, like I knew Seth Rollins was going to win, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't say I couldn't wrap my mind around it, but everything leading up to it just made it seem like there's no way he should win because Mm -hmm. for two weeks we just saw Brock Lesnar destroy him and destroy him. And then when they had their match, he really didn't like he had his, his ribs taped up and and, and things like that. But that didn't really, from my perspective, didn't really play an integral part of the match, you know? You're right. I, I, Any match that Brock Lesnar's in, I don't care. And it makes me not like Seth Rollins. I like Seth Rollins. I really do like Seth Rollins. My wife has said that if it wasn't for Finn Balor, Seth Rollins would be a close second to her boy toy, which that's okay. I can deal with that. (laughs) Nice. It's like, I just, I just really despise Brock Lesnar. And this man's been wrestling since 02, and he doesn't even like the WWE. That's why he left before. And I'm just, I'm just sick of him. He's not a wrestler. And it just, at every time that he's the main event, it just makes me feel nauseous. It's like, get, just, just, just go, please. You know, I, I kind of feel that same way about Ronda Rousey. I liked Ronda Rousey for she, when she, you know, like when she first came around, but after a few months, it's like, you know what? Some of the female wrestlers are right. You don't deserve the title shot that you have, and you don't deserve the championship. You've been here for two months, and we've been here for, you know, five years. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So overall, I really like the SummerSlam. Uh, this was better than last year's. It was predictable, but I felt that the wrestling was overall better, and I had more fun watching it for me. You guys, you guys feel the same way at all? I felt like I had fun watching it. I thought that that was, um, I thought it was a pretty good, pretty good show overall. Better than last month's, Ryan. Did you have fun watching this one? Um, I mean, I, it was enjoyable. I wouldn't say it was a great pay-per-view or anything. Um, it is good. I mean, I'm happy there wasn't um, a shenanigans outcome just, you know, for the sake of it. A mm-hmm. swerve just for the sake of a swerve. Um like overall, uh, yeah, it was it was enjoyable. The outcomes were kind of what I thought they were going to go with, and things like that. Um, I, the main issue I had with this one was the amount of people that were left off the show. I think that they could have very easily formulated it a different way to include a bunch of the bigger names. Like, how can you have? This pay-per-view, it's supposed to feel big time and thing, and it's the second, it's supposed to be the second largest pay-per-view of the year, but yet you don't have Roman Reigns on it. There's no Braun Strowman. There's no Drew McIntyre. There's no uh, Samoa Joe. There's no tag team matches to speak of. Um, I mean, you get the one on the pre-show, but that was announced the day of, I think, of the pay-per-view, where you have the women's championship, women's tag team titles pulling the line. Uh, but like, there's no Oscar or Kyrie saying there's no revival. The Usos, the New Day. Um, there's no Daniel Bryan. Yeah, no, they really got to get their act together next year because next year it's going to be in Boston, at the uh, Boston Celtic Stadium, well arena. So hopefully we'll get something different, right? Next year, hopefully. Hopefully, I mean, hey, who knows? In a year's time, the whole thing may the whole. The whole uh, programs may look completely different with how they're being run by Paul Heyman and uh, Eric Bischoff, yep. or those two guys could not be there anymore. Who knows? Who knows? It's the WWE. It's crazy. What's not crazy is we wanted to say thank you to everybody for listening to this episode here of the new season of Call It in the Ring. Remember, every new WWE pay per view that comes out, we will be reviewing. No, we will not be reviewing NXT or NXT UK. Um, I don't know if we'll get into the over the seas, like the crown jewels or any of those. I don't know. That'll be for later announcements. But for right now, we're just talking about the main pay-per-view. So our next episode for September will be Clash of the Champions. Is that right, Ryan? Clash of the Champions of September? Yeah, October is the hell in a cell. 
Okay. So always be aware that on Boom, when Sunday happens, our episode will come out sometime that week for that most recent review. And you'll hear me, you'll hear best friend Ryan, and Elise, or best girl, best girlfriend Elise. There you go. Right there. I just did it. What sort of nickname would you uh, prefer, Elise? You just call me Ryan's wife or Elise. I get that. I It's weird. My parents gave me this nickname when I was born. It's Elise. I don't know what my real name is. Anyway. That's a joke. No. Sorry. That's a bad joke. No, no. I, no, I, I, I shh, yes, Jesus. Anyway, we could, that, we could come up at some point. We could come up with nicknames for each other. Like Elise right. could be, like she could be Ears. Kind of gay. Always attacking the ears. Well, you have bionic ears. Yeah. I mean, we I got everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode. Making sure to check out movieguyspodcast.com. Download this episode and many others on iTunes, on Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and also movieguyspodcast.com. Check us out on social media on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Just search for Movie Guys Podcast. We are the logo with the popcorn with the headphones around it. You can check out our show called in the ring. Also, our main show, Movie Guys Podcast, our brand new show coming up here next month called Stream On and also For Your Distraction. Thank you so much for listening. Ryan and uh, Elise, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Call in the Ring. And we'll be back next month for Clash of the Champions. Have a good night.